It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. As an entrepreneur, you started your business to follow your passion and not to spend your evenings doing bookkeeping. That's why Vancouver's podcast uses Legacy Advantage. Let me tell you, they are a great CPA-level bookkeeping firm. Let Legacy take the bookkeeping task off your hands so you can have more time to pursue your dreams. You will get peace of mind knowing that the bookkeeping is done and the tax authorities are off your back. Visit LegacyAdvantage.ca and if you mention that you came from Vancouver's podcast, they will give you a $100 credit to apply towards your first month. You simply can't beat that. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to you today from VancouverEntrepreneur.ca where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in British Columbia. Alicia Rep is a small town girl from Alberta who moved to the big city of Vancouver at the age of 17 to start a new life for herself. She became a professional makeup artist running her own business. During that time, she was also creating side projects like business trainings and online courses. Now she is living full-time in Thailand and running a full-time coaching and consulting business. She also runs a branding agency. Most importantly, she started a retreat business called the Self-Love Retreat, and the first one is coming this August in Greece. Well, Alicia, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Great. Okay. I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. We know you're from Alberta. So also give us the details on your current business or businesses as uh, in your case. All right. So, uh, yeah, as you heard, I'm, I grew up in a small town in Alberta and very quickly realized that town was too small for this girl. So I, I, I took online courses to graduate um, high school early, and at that time I had already been working full-time since grade 10, I believe, and so I, I already had a bank account full of money, so I moved to Vancouver at 17 and paid for my college tuition in cash and was just so motivated to start this new life for myself. And so um, in Vancouver, you know, it was really interesting because being from a small town, it was a lot of culture shock for me, um, not knowing anybody and having to pave the way for myself all over again. And so um, through my makeup career, I really built some solid skills with networking, with um, studying business and um, taking care of clients and you know, making clients um, loyal and, and creating a service that was really um, above and beyond, like I didn't want to just be a makeup artist. So I really made sure that in my makeup career, um, which I ran for 10 years, I really made sure that I created something unique. So I told people from the get go, I'm not just 
a makeup artist and I'm not going to do your makeup like everyone else. And that really allowed me to differentiate myself and create a new market in, in such a saturated place like Vancouver, because there is literally so many makeup schools in Vancouver and they're just pumping out makeup artists. Um, and so I knew I had to do something about it, um, to make, you know, a good life for myself. I didn't want to just get by in a city like Vancouver. It's very expensive. So I really um, put the blinders on and, and just kept moving forward towards my vision and my dreams. And I knew that I was going to be able to create something amazing. And so, of course, the first few years of my makeup career, I was struggling, starving, starving artist mode. And, um, you know, it, it took some time to get some traction. But to be honest, even um, while I was in school, I had paying makeup clients, so I was always very eager, and I knew what I what I was doing was worth it. So, you know, over time, I started realizing how I can, you know, network with the people that want my services. So I wasn't just doing beauty makeup; I was doing body painting. I was doing um, location weddings. I was doing music videos. I was working on Hollywood movies. So I wasn't just hitting one market in the makeup industry. I was, um, diversifying myself and, um, kind of spreading myself out in, in Vancouver because there's so many industries there for me. And that really worked itself out because over time my phone would not stop ringing seriously. Like I didn't even have to market myself anymore because people would just pass my name on because literally when I was a makeup artist, like I created a style of doing makeup where their makeup would look exactly the same the next morning, even after sleeping on it. And so that's a very big asset as, you know, a makeup artist, because a lot of the time, you know, even on a film job that I was on, I was, you know, correcting and I was supposed to upkeep the key makeup artist's makeup. And I was seriously babysitting that makeup all day. And thankfully, the next day I got to um, do the same makeup look, but I got to apply the first like the first initiation of the makeup and literally that the time the day that I did the makeup I didn't have to watch the makeup once all I had to do is like light touch-ups around the nose just for shine and things like that and so that was really an eye-opening experience for me realizing wow like I am really good and what I have to offer is amazing so I I actually stopped doing films at that point because I was like uh, it's not the industry for me. I'm so much more than a makeup artist. And, and throughout my years, I was studying um, business, online marketing. I was studying psychology and mindset. And I was just a sponge, like soaking up information and wisdom wherever I was, because I knew that I was on a path to create something amazing in the world. And I knew makeup wasn't the be all end all. And so in 2015, I went to two Tony Robbins events. The first one was Unleash the Power Within in LA. The second one was Date with Destiny in Florida. And these two events really blasted me wide open and, and um, helped me release any limiting beliefs that I had around the next phase of where I wanted to take my career. Because I was really, my body was starting to break down after 10 years of being a makeup artist. And so I, you know, my back was starting to hurt. My wrists were starting to notice um, pain, and I didn't want to, you know, be, uh, you know, I didn't want to be a makeup artist for ten more years if that's what was already coming through in my body. And so, um, after Halloween on um, October, what was it, two thousand and 
2015, no, 2016, October 2016, after Halloween, I said, I am done. I will not continue this pattern any longer. I cannot be a makeup artist. And so I bought myself a one-way plane ticket to Bali. Um, this would have been my second time going there, so I already was comfortable, can speak the language and all that. And I just said, screw it, let's do it. I'm jumping in full faith to start my coaching business because I've, I said I feel ready. I know that I cannot um, continue being a makeup artist. Um, I have to challenge myself and start something new. And so I moved to Bali to start my coaching business. And thankfully, I already had a following online because I had been posting inspiring content for over 10 years on Facebook. Um, posting makeup images and you know motivational content and videos. So um, when I made the transition, it was actually quite easy because I already had a roster of warm traffic and hot hot leads that were ready to work with me. So that was a big blessing. It's not like I had to start my second career um, cold, right? Um, and so now, um, I guess I lived in Bali for eight months at that time. And by the time I left, I had a full roster of clients. Um, I was doing some group coaching stuff as well. And I wanted to go to Vancouver so that I could um, tie up any loose ends that we had there. Like I still had an apartment there and a few other things. So my partner, Troy, and I, we flew back to Canada and um, tied up all these loose ends and, you know, had some hiccups along the way. And, and then we flew to Thailand where we're living now and running our business full time. Um, we, we both do coaching and consulting. We run a branding agency like you heard. And yeah, it's amazing to be in Thailand because when we, when we moved, um, we knew the energy of what we wanted for our life. We just didn't know where it was going to be. So we followed our divine guidance and we followed our intuition. And, uh, we actually first flew to Phuket in Thailand and within like literally a few hours, we were like, this is not our spot <laughs> at all. And so we booked a plane ticket to Chiang Mai and that's where we live now. And we're absolutely in love with this city. We're in love with the community. And I'm just so excited to be here to set up the, an even more solid foundation for the next years of what we're building. Okay, great. What is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas? Yes, amazing questions. So right now, um, we are doing our own coaching and consulting. So we work privately with our, our clients. We have one sort of group program as well. But down the line, we want to create a coaching confederation because we see so much um, poor standard out there for coaches and consultants. And we don't want you know, we don't want any more stigma to the industry. We want to make it a great industry because we believe coaching and consulting is a very powerful tool and um, opportunity for people. And so we don't want the world to feel jaded to this industry because it actually is really amazing and it can help a lot of people. So my partner and I are actually creating a standard for what coaching and consulting should be and how um, coaches should, should treat their clients and what kind of experience the client should go through and, you know, making sure that results are the main intention behind it all and, you know, providing a service that's very valuable and also that, you know, um, gives the coach and the client the capacity to care for each other also because we see a lot of the time that, 
you know, as coaches and consultants grow to the mass market, it's very hard to care um, deeply for your clients. So we're really creating a, um, a service where people can be cared for as a human and not just a number in their system. Right, exactly. So how did you finance your business? Was it uh, just through consulting and work like that? Or did you did you bootstrap it? How that how that work out? Well, when I bought my one-way ticket to Bali, I had um, a bunch of savings for my makeup career. I had just finished bridal season, which is a huge cash cow. And then I finished Halloween, which is like one day where I'm working like 6 a.m. until midnight in one day and just making so much money. So I had a, a nice savings with me, thank God. So when I went to Bali, I was really secure for those eight months to just build um, and for me, I was really taking pride in organic traffic at that time. Um, and now we have definitely stepped up into using advertising, um, using sales funnels, and using all of these tools to make our life easier. Okay. Now, we have a lot of international uh, listeners to the podcast. So on this next question, I want you to speak to them. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company in Vancouver. But I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. Okay. So you mean um, in terms of being an entrepreneur in Vancouver? Yeah. Like being, uh, okay. you know, coming, put yourself back into Vancouver and say, you know, here's some of the things that were great. Here's some of the things that were tough. Totally. So I did live in Vancouver for 10 years and I moved there at the age of 17. Um, and so when I moved there, I was just like this kid with a big sparkle in her eye of course, you know, excited to create a makeup artist business. And at that time, like I had only known that there was such a thing as a makeup school for a year. Um, and I was the youngest kid in my school and in my class. And so I was, they called me a rock star, honestly, because, you know, from the day I started school, I was like, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to volunteer and I'm going to, you know, put myself out there and every opportunity possible. So my course was, um, two full days and a half day a week. And literally the rest of the days and the half day, I was out there working. And the cool thing I, I find about Vancouver is, you know, there is so many industries there and so many opportunities. So you can create um, a network very fast, right? But I think what the challenging part for me was, you know, being in such a saturated market as a makeup artist, when I first started, it was harder to find paid work and it was harder to find really well paid work too. So I really had to be diligent and keep my intentions very clear so that I was not building myself, you know, a business that, that I didn't like because I, I just, I can't do that. Right. I don't, I'm not going to show up if I don't like what I'm doing. And so I think Vancouver really challenged me because it's an expensive city and I was putting myself in an industry that's can be, you know, very much about, um, quantity because there is so many makeup artists there. So I, I was like, okay, I need to be the quality artist, not just the person who slaps on some fake eyelashes and some powder and sends you on your way. I really made sure that my service was a divine appointment. So it was making the woman feel good from the inside out and not just putting on makeup and sending her off, you know. And I guess in Vancouver, I think that really a lot of people resonated with that because I find a lot of people in Vancouver are very open to, you know, the spiritual stuff and, you know, the awakening and things like that. And so when, when women would meet me in Vancouver, they would, 
feel like this breath of fresh air, like, wow, who are you? You're so different. And I think that's how it allowed me to really build my career so fast. And um, I think the big challenge in Vancouver is, you know, um, staying focused because it can be so easy to get down on yourself for, you know, not you, you're not getting the results you want as fast as you want or, um, you know, not meeting the right people at the right time because it is, you know, a pretty big city and it's very fast paced. And a lot of the time people do have like two or three jobs just to stay ahead or even just to put food on the table. Right. And so I did find for me personally that I didn't have much of a social life there. And so to find a balance and harmony, it was very difficult for me. So I just kind of made nature as my, you know, my social outlet. I would just go to nature and, you know, invite a friend or two to go on a hike and create a system that way where I could still be social and get my nature in and, you know, and, and try and get people out of their bubble because a lot of people do get stuck in this grind in Vancouver, I find. And especially in rainy season, it's like people hibernate and then they get depressed. And so I didn't want to live that way. And I always made a pact that, you know, even during rainy season, I was going to go outside and I was going to stay busy and I was going to go to parties and I was going to network and keep putting myself out there. Because if you stop and get stagnant when it's raining, you're going to become sad and then you're going to lose momentum. Right. And so um, that was a big motivator for me to sort of um, just it, it, it put a lot of Mm, great work ethic under me, I think. And one thing that me and Troy always say is like, if you can make it in Vancouver, you can make it in any city. Right. Okay. Now let's go back to when you were 17. If you were to start all over again and you just moved to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Wow. That's a great question. So I was just moving to Vancouver at 17 again with all of the knowledge I have now I would invest in high-level help much faster I would not try to do it on my own for so long and I would yeah reach out to people and I would have created like a meetup event much 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 sooner so that I can create community around me and help people and as I'm helping people they would be helping me too and we would just keep expanding the network like that so those are two things I would definitely have done much sooner okay now let's talk a little bit about your routine what does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day yeah, I definitely do. So I'm so lucky right now. I have my own office. And so it's in my house, of course. So, you know, I walk across the hallway from my bedroom to my office, which is a blessing. And what I love to do is make a cup of Earl Grey tea and put on some soothing music and just kind of get into my body a bit with some stretching or dancing or a workout. Depends what I'm feeling. And then from that moment, I'll get my journal out and write my intentions for the day. And I just kind of like to sit in reflection mode for the first hour um, and try and keep my mind as calm as possible and as centered as possible so that I can keep that kind of focus throughout the entire day. Because if I'm going to start my day triggered with social media and emails and all this stuff, it's not going to be a very fun day. Okay, do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? 
Yeah, I being an entrepreneur is not for everyone because I think you've probably heard this quote out there. It's like entrepreneurs, you know, do what nobody will do for two to three to five years so they can live the life that nobody will get to experience or hardly anyone because they don't put that work in, right? And I'm really starting to experience that. Like, of course, I just started my my full-time coaching business a few years ago, so it's it's getting traction now and it's working for me, which is amazing. But um, I did forget actually how much hard work it is to start a business when I moved to Bali. Um, so that was a funny uh, eye-opening experience again. But thankfully, I had already learned, you know, how not to burn myself out and how not to stress myself out too much around, you know, deadlines and goals and results and all of that. And so. I think that's really important to, to be aware of is not to drain yourself just for the sake of like a little win. You know, it's like, you know, keep yourself healthy. Your health is most important over, you know, making a big paycheck. And I think that's something that every entrepreneur should know. It's, you know, taking those actions every day that scare you that are going to move the needle forward. And a lot of the time as a coach, I see people, you know, filling their to-do list with, you know, 33 things. And then I ask them what's on that list and they could probably scratch off 30 of those things and do the three things that are actually going to get them the results they want. But a lot of the times people keep themselves busy. So they think that they're getting the results that they want and they think they're moving towards success, but really they're just slowing down the process. Okay. What books are you reading right now? and why, or even audiobooks, and can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? So that's a great question, and to be honest, I'm actually not a very good book reader, but what I like to do is I'm a very big studier, so I'm the kind of person that asks the question like, who does Tony Robbins learn from? Who does Marie Forleo learn from? And so the, all these freaks, who does Oprah learn from? And so then I go to those people and I start consuming their content. So, you know, Wyatt Woodsmall, Eben Pagan, people like that. I'm really inspired and, and I, I trust their content so much because it's so valuable. And so I will consume their content till the end of time and I'll consume the same piece of content 50 times because every time I'm going to get something else out of it. Any online or offline tools that you like to use on a daily basis? Um, Facebook. <laughs> okay, that's a big one. Social media? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, social media is. I'm all over social media and it's really fun and exciting to me. I like to view social media as like, you know, in the tribal days, people would sit around campfire. And we don't really do that anymore nowadays, but I like to use social media in that way where it's sharing stories, passing on wisdom, giving people the opportunity to open up. And I think if more people use social media in that way, it can be a much better place. Okay. When you lived in BC, uh, how did you relax and, and balance work and play? And what were your favorite activities to do in BC? Did you ski? Did you bike, kayak, golf, hike, or simply go for a drive? <laughs> That's great. So in Vancouver, I was a big uh, skateboarder, longboarder. I would walk everywhere too. Like I used to live by Oak Ridge Mall and I would walk downtown and the, the, you know, that's like Cambian 41st walking all the way downtown, but I would love it. It was so detoxifying for me and it cleared my brain and I loved it. 
Um, so I would walk a lot, or run, bike, seriously everything. Play soccer, yeah, that's the, snowboarding. That's the good thing about Vancouver. It is a small city, so it is manageable where you can realistically mm-hmm. walk everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can walk. And I loved it. It was amazing to walk everywhere. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? The thing is that the way that I am designed on a, on a DNA level, I am supposed to be a coach. And so I denied this for so long in my life. And so many people in my life told me, you must be a coach. You're going to be a great coach. And I was like, nah, are you serious? I'm a makeup artist. What are you talking about? And, and then the, it was that day I finally said, you know what? I, I'm going to do it. I am a good coach. I need to be a coach. People, the world needs me because there's so many bad coaches out there. And so honestly, I would be doing what I'm doing now. And I'm so grateful I can finally say that. What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. Every job. Nine, anything nine to five? Any job I couldn't do. I can't work for someone else because I have such a big personality and such big visions and dreams and goals. I want to be the person creating a powerful team around me. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? Fail to plan, plan to fail. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, fail to plan, plan to fail. What is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Hustle until death. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that word hustle, honestly. Okay. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Passionate and um, deep. I think I'm very deep and a very deep and passionate person. And I did, I was really scared of like the depth of my being for a long time now I've started using it as an asset and a tool. And so I actually was listening to this amazing interview the other day from Jay Shetty. And he was saying, you know, passion is for yourself. And when you start to put that in action to help other people, that is purpose. So I really like those two words, passion and purpose also. What keeps you up at night, if anything? Well, in all honesty right now, Um, I'm so focused and committed and working on my visions every day that by the time eight o'clock rolls around, I am so tired. I pass out instantly. (laughs) So you're out. There's nothing keeping you out. Stay the world. Nothing, nothing like that. No, by the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I need to rest so I can wake up and do it all over again. Okay. I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be a bucket list of any sort, whether you want to travel more, if you want to write books, philanthropy, TEDx talk, anything like that. Yeah. So I'm just starting a movement for women and women's empowerment is part of one of my big passions because, you know, I've freed myself from a lot of conditioning in my life and healed myself from a lot of deep wounds. And I know what is possible for women once they start to own their voice and live into their truth. And so that is one of my big passions is creating a women's empowerment movement that ripples into the whole world. Um, The next thing I'm passionate about is educating children in a way that allows them to live into their purpose and passion as well. And the next thing is my partner and I have started a nonprofit organization called SLAM. And this is all about um, helping the ocean and and providing education and awareness around the ocean because we're we're really sad at, you know, the state of it. And we want to provide, you know, 
contribution to that cause and and be part of like um you know people who are paving that way forward because you know somebody needs to do it and there are amazing people out there doing it we want to link arms with them as well okay do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout bc any advice hmm. that you may have received? Well, there's so much. I think what comes to mind right now is one of my amazing mentors, Valen, he taught me something really cool. And, you know, I already was doing this in my life, but when he brought it to my attention, I realized how amazing and important it is. And so I think nowadays it can be so easy for people to get distracted and unfocused. And so what's really important as an entrepreneur is to have unblocked, super focused amounts of time, like for hours and hours and hours of committed focused time where you're working on one thing. And that is when you get into flow state and that is when you start to get breakthroughs happening in your life. If you're only going to spend 20 minutes on a project, you know, you might as well not do it. You might as well just leave it behind because it's not going to be at its full capacity, right? But when you cut out all distractions, turn off social media, get rid of your phone for the day, close your office door and put your head down and work for hours on end, you get into these crazy flow states where you will be surprised what's what will come out of you and the, the content and the, the stuff that you will create. And so I think that's really important for all entrepreneurs to do. And the other thing is, um, which I'm really starting to tune into, is thinking like a CEO. Because as an entrepreneur, it can be easy to just like, you know, have an idea and then put it out there, have an idea, put it out there. But, you know, we need to really think like a CEO so we can really, you know, think about the future vision of the company and think about what's coming up and making choices from that place and even taking out focused blocks of time to just process everything you've already done and think about it and visualize it and just have that quiet time to almost meditate so that you can be a good CEO and entrepreneur in your business and start to really think um, beyond, you know, this month's paycheck or whatever it is, you know? Right. Okay. Okay, Alicia, are you ready to have some fun? I love fun. Okay, great. Well, as you were just mentioning a couple minutes ago, uh, entrepreneurs are very, very busy people. We're always connected. Social media, we're always connected via phones and uh, you name it. Uh, we're got a, we have a lot on our plate. But we're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? I think I would last a long time, to be honest. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I would be building, you know, huts and um, checking out the island and... I think I would really tap into my element there, to be honest. If it's just me and nature, wow, I would have, yeah, a lot of fun. So I think I could last, you know, a few weeks to a month if there was enough food. Okay, there is a phone booth there, so it, there, there is a phone booth there, so it's got to go somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, okay. Okay, Alicia, how can our listeners get hold of you, and is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? 
So the best place to reach me is on Facebook, Alicia Rep. And anything else I'd like to say, um, if there's any women listening, um, check out my profile and the self-love movement slash the self-love retreat. I would love to hold space for any women who need that kind of opportunity. Great. Okay. That sounds like a great opportunity. That, that event in Greece would be great for women to take part. And I hope uh, our listeners take uh, talk, call you up on that and uh, get involved. Thank you so much. Great. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Awesome. Okay. We'll see you next time, Alicia. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, bye.